All of our shows are heard exclusively here on Internet Radio Station octalkradio.net. Broadcasting from the brand new stu- state-of-the-art studios here in Costa Mesa, California, in the Tech Space facility. Critical Mass Coast to Coast is brought to you through a partnership of Critical Mass for Business and Executive Forums business owners in select markets across the U.S. Executive Forums is an international organization committed to helping members take their business to the next level. This show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors as well, Succession Strategies, Smart Stop Self-Storage, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience, to make better and more informed decisions. If you're listening to us live today, streaming on octalkradio.net, then you have the opportunity, if you choose to, to participate in the conversation with one of our two guests. The way to do that is to find a community chat room section of octalkradio.net's website, log in with your Twitter handle. That will bring you right to our nerve center. Yes, our engineer, Paul Roberts. He'll be able to bring your thoughts and ideas to my attention, and possibly I can work them into one of the two interviews that we have planned today. If you're listening to the show right now, expecting to be, expecting to hear my interview with Don Douglas, president and CEO of Liquid Networks, well, just hold on, because Don will be our second guest today here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Our first guest is Christy Griggs, and she's with Peloton Commercial Real Estate. Christy, welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Let's start by asking you to share a little bit of your experience and background. Uh, What did you do before you joined the leadership team at Peloton? Well, um, immediately prior to that, I was in real estate with uh, Trimble Crow Company, and then we were purchased by C.B. Richard Ellis. Uh, now referred to as CBRE, and um, they were recognized or are recognized as the largest commercial real estate company in the world. But if I go back even further than that, um, I actually, this is my second career. My first career was as an interior architect, and I worked on commercial office spaces. Oh, that's an interesting transition from interior architect to commercial real estate broker. It is. <laughs> and, and, and it's see, not one I ever would have expected. Okay. And I see that you've been wildly successful as a broker. I'm looking at these different uh, recognition that you've achieved over your years, either with Trammell Crow or, as you said, with CBRE and, and now with Peloton. So um, congratulations on your success in what must have been a challenging market in your market space over the past few years. Yes, there's one thing I've learned. It's you learn the most from the hardest times. And so a lot of us in the real estate market should be pretty darn smart by now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, tired of learning what to just be doing. But (laughs) tell me about your current firm. Sure. So Peloton Commercial Real Estate, it is a a full-service commercial brokerage firm. We offer um, investment sales services. We represent landlords. We represent tenants. We provide property management services, building engineering, you know, just really kind of the full gamut of commercial real estate. Um, And we really kind of like to look at ourselves as advisors to all of those different parts of a real estate transaction. 
Um, and, you know, when you're in a market like San Antonio, even though it's a really large city, unlike in other cities, you don't focus on just one vein of a real estate market. You don't, you're not just a landlord rep broker. You're not just a tenant rep broker or you don't just buy and sell properties and put investment deals together. And really that's what kind of sets Peloton apart from some of the other companies in our area is that all of our professionals really do have unique backgrounds in providing all of those different services. And how did you decide on Peloton? That explanation that I just gave you actually is why I um, decided to go with them. Okay. I was with Trammell Crow Company and CB Richard Ellis, both really great companies, um, but they're so big and you get real departmentalized in a company like that uh-huh. where you say you're, you're kind of identified with what you do. So I was a landlord representative. And I represented uh, institutional owners who bought office buildings, and I would help them market their buildings and advise them on getting tenants in the building. And I really wanted to do something that was more entrepreneurial and so um, and use all of my skills and really put deals together and make that based on strong relationships. So whenever I was really looking at which career path I wanted to take, I really talked to all the companies in San Antonio. And Peloton, at the time, here it was Cambridge Realty Group, and it had started out as a small kind of boutique, downtown-focused company, and they were right in a transition mode as I was looking, and they were wanting to grow and become more regional. And at the point that I was in my career, I saw them as a company that, number one, had the strong local relationships that I was looking for and had the really top-notch professionals. And it was also an opportunity to be an integral part of the growth of the company. And that really was the driving factor. That is a very thoughtful answer. Thank you very much for (laughs) helping to explain that to our audience today. Tell me, I joked earlier about lessons learned and the real estate market, but for those of us that aren't in your industry or aren't specifically in your market, can you describe for our audience what's going on with the commercial real estate market in the greater San Antonio area? Sure, sure. Um, we, it's really a great place to be right now. And there's a, you know, a lot of national noise and buzz about what real estate's doing. And, you know, we're very affected by the global economy. Um, San Antonio is a little bit different and really even Texas for that matter, where we don't have, we haven't had as much damage from all the cyclical noise that's been going on since 2007. We're kind of a steady eddy market. We feel the fluctuation, but we're able to manage it, I think, a whole lot better than all of a sudden you have the bottom just completely drop out of it. So where we are today is we're seeing gradual increases in rents across the board. We're seeing a gradual increase in occupancies across the board, and that is exciting for us because it's starting to drive development 
which mm-hmm. has really been dried up for the last couple of years. And San Antonio also really is starting to get some recognition and an audience from some investors that have been more focused on primary markets. They're starting to look at San Antonio and saying, you know, they're not Dallas and they're not Houston, but we like how everything's performing there. And so we're getting a lot more investors looking at investing here and then also a lot of companies that are looking at moving to San Antonio too. It's a beautiful city, and the quality of life is outstanding in the greater San Antonio area. I can understand why they're doing that. We're going to take uh, – okay, I want to go a little bit deeper, maybe if I could, um, demonstrate my ignorance about the commercial real estate market, but a little bit of what I've um, – because I'm here in Southern California, and the market is picking up here for segments of the commercial real estate, like industrial space, warehouse space, um, even manufacturing facilities. What's the slowest to come back are the pure office plays, you know, the office, I don't know what you call it in your space, but, you know, just, just mm-hmm. office spaces. Those are the, it's lagging the rest of the market. Is, is that similar in your market or, or is it different across San Antonio? You know, it, it is similar. Um, I think there's a couple of things that drive that. In the last 12 months, the multifamily market has really been the most aggressive from a progress standpoint. Um, and and that goes back to my comment and talking about we really are affected from just kind of the, the global goings on. The financing had been really hard to get you know, commercially and residentially. And so, therefore, people's lifestyles are changing and they need to be either a little bit more flexible because they don't know where they're going to be working in 24 months or 36 months, or they can't get the financing that they could go get three, four, five years ago to buy a single-family home. So there's been a huge demand in multifamily. So I would say that's the most aggressive growth in our market to date. Office, it's a little bit more difficult because there's a lot of, shifting from one building to the next, but for the last probably five years, companies have been real conservative with their growth plans, and really more than adding space and expanding, they've been contracting, they've been tightening their purse strings, they've had you know more efficient processes put into place, and just where they're just kind of tightening down the hatches until they know where they're going to be in the next couple of years. So that's starting to loosen up a little bit, and we're seeing some growth in the office market, which we're all excited about because, you know, then you're looking at new building and new development and new opportunities, and when you have that, then you can bring new companies into San Antonio because the product is here. Right. Excellent. All right, let's let's talk about uh, a challenge. We love to ask our guests here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast uh, to, to share a current challenge that's facing uh, your firm. I'm speaking with Christy Griggs, who is a principal with Peloton. So tell us, is there a current challenge that you and the leadership team are facing? And if so, what are you guys and ladies doing about it? You know, there is. I think I think in the real estate market, 
One of the hardest challenges, and this is specifically related to just our growth or how we we remain sustainable, is how do you not become a commodity? Mm-hmm. You know, we're in an environment where everybody's got this do-it-yourself mentality, and as information is more accessible and you can go find office spaces, you can go find homes, you can go look at statistics on your own, and people tend to do that a lot more. So we have to continually work to figure out a way to set ourselves apart from that and not become a commodity. Um, and with as fast as the economy changes and the work trends change and the employees change, you know, that's something that you kind of have to revisit on a continual basis. Yeah, because technology keeps making it easier and easier for buyers and sellers to find each other too, doesn't it? It does. It, it absolutely does. And so we really have to work hard at identifying what it is about who we are and what we do that makes people need us right. um, and want to work with us. That's interesting. That's a great one. And I like asking that question because I always... I get to learn a little bit more about what's going on in your firm, but also it reminds me how common many of the opportunities and challenges are, regardless of the industry that you might be in, because many industries are are facing that same risk of being disintermediated or at least um, having to prove their value because they have a much more knowledgeable marketplace now because of technology and just the advent of this information age exploding on us. Absolutely. We're just all a bunch of little experts running around, or at least we think we are. <laughs> right. And, 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 and I have found and I've observed, and maybe it's your, your experience too, Christy, that um, clients are much more judgmental too because they come with a certain set of beliefs and knowledge based on their own research. And, and I find them testing a lot of times uh, suppliers, vendors, salespeople earlier in the relationship to make sure this person actually knows what they're talking about because they feel that from a buyer or client perspective, they have a set of knowledge that, you know, is worth something as well, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think the biggest uh, misnomer that I, you know, getting into the workforce and professionally, I always grew up thinking, hey, you go to school, you work hard, you learn your skill, and the rest is just going to fall into place. And... That's not the case. <laughs> that's what a lot of the coaches that actually coach my son even say. That's what makes you average. You get dressed, you show up on time, you work, you, you do your skills throughout the day, and you're going to be okay. But it certainly doesn't set you or your company or you as an athlete apart from the rest of it. So you've got to figure out how to, to create that gap. Yes, and it's only um, becoming more and more of a challenge. I think it was really, uh, if I've heard a common theme in the years that we've been doing the show, we're in our fifth year now, Christy, with over 700 interviews on the Critical Mass radio show series. Um, it's the need to provide the prove the value to the client in order to participate in the transaction. People are willing, companies are willing to spend money, but they're really through the recession, and I think the lingering tail of the recession is people are really expecting to understand the value proposition of what you're bringing. And I think that's how you started this conversation about a current challenge 
facing your industry and your brand in particular, or not in particular, but also, you know, it's just, what is your value? Why am I paying you your rate? Right. Yep. All right. And well, if you can't answer that question, then you're uh, you're going to have a tough time. <laughs> exactly. You end up being a commodity. It's, it's curious because I was listening to a, a talk radio show today, and they were talking about Dell and all that's going on with Dell. And, hey, there, I know they're not in San Antonio, but at least they're in the great state of Texas, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and part of Dell's challenge is their their value proposition, which was fast delivery and quick configuration, it's it has become a commodity in the PC industry. And and so where where do they go to get margin back into their business model? Because basically they can't differentiate against the rest of the market now because people can buy the exact kind of product they want without Dell, where that used to be their unique differentiator. Can happen to large companies is all I'm saying. It you don't you don't have to be a mid market firm to be faced with this. You can be a Fortune 100 and have it you know face you. Right, right. And, right. and one of the things that we've noticed, and which is interesting in my transition, you know, when when you're working for the largest real estate company in the world, even though you're providing a great service, that's almost an easy decision. You know, hey, we can't go wrong. We've picked the biggest, right. you know, and we've picked the best. And, and so safe. when you go from an environment like that to a 20-person local firm, you kind of sit back and go, okay, what what are we going to do here? And we see the value, but it's really hard unless you can get an audience with somebody to show them what the value is. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, to pull people through the door so what we like to do is, I mean, we sell the personal touch because in this day and age, there's not a whole lot that's personalized. You call in, you get a recording, you have to push a button, you have to get put on hold, you have to talk to somebody that's in another country, and so you just don't feel like you're getting the personal attention that you used to. So what we really push to separate ourselves from anybody else, and this isn't specifically related to real estate, I mean, it can be in any industry, is just service relationships and kind of a hand-holding process. And uh, we have found that that has just really served us very well. And then more specifically related to the real estate market, you know, it's a pretty traditional um, environment, and there's a lot of people that have had just real estate in their backgrounds for years and years and years. But the one thing that we have found Oddly enough, that is lacking in a lot of companies is just technology and the use of technology. And our our size gives us the ability to change things very, very quickly. And so we like to use technology as an advantage as well. And we can change as quickly as the technology changes, which isn't really something that you see in the real estate industry that often. Well, that's excellent, and that also helps to bring your cost basis down a little bit too. I've had a number of other business principals and owners who, you know, by applying technology, you can also um, benefit financially from a cost basis. I see that your firm has multiple offices throughout Texas, correct? You're in, you're in San Antonio and you have three other offices in Texas? We have a total of five offices in Texas, five. yes. Okay. So we have uh, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, Houston, and Austin. Okay, Houston. I didn't see. I see. Okay, so you got the, 
you've got the major markets in the great state covered, and it is a big state with, you know. It's a very big state. And what's really exciting to us, Rick, is that it started out, our, our corporate office started out in Dallas. And we joined that group just two years ago. And since then, we've grown from two offices to five offices. And it's just been really exciting to be a part of that happening and and seeing that there's continual growth going on. So all these things that we've been talking about, you know, it's nice to know when you're seeing it work and you realize you actually are um, identifying these things that let you progress through what sometimes a really hard economy to get through. Is that growth been organic or through acquisition? You know, it's been organic. Uh, we haven't purchased anybody. It goes back to our relationships, and it's a really interesting story, and it's more of a life lesson than just a work lesson. But, you know, your your relationships, you never know when they're going to circle back around to um, find you later on down the road. And what had happened is, there was a group in Dallas. They all worked together at the Tremel Crow Company, and um, some of the main principals broke off, and they started Peloton Dallas. And at the time that they did that, one of the you know junior finance people who was from San Antonio came to San Antonio and started working for Cambridge Realty Group. And eight years later, because of a mutual client, making the suggestion, knowing what our professional goals were and what Peloton Dallas's professional goals were, we came together and we started creating our regional brand, and now we're five offices. It's great to see companies growing, and it's it's great to see them growing in an industry that was really very hard hit in a lot of the parts of the country by the last Great Recession. If someone would like to find more find out more about Peloton and maybe you in particular, Christy. How, how do they find your website? What's your location? Um, our website is pelotoncre.com. It's P-E-L-O-T-O-N-C-R-E.com. We also have a Facebook, um, which is facebook.com forward slash pelotonsa.com. And we also have a Twitter that they can follow us on, which is at CRG underscore CRE. And they can also follow my Twitter personally, um, which is at Griggs CRE. Look at you You're talking about using technology. That's the proof right there. Look at all the social media that your company is employing. It's very impressive. Thank you. It's great to have had you on the show. The time has just flown by. You've only given us a slice of what you know. I'll have to talk with Peter Broiler, who is our Renaissance Executive Forum's business partner and producer in your market, maybe to have you back on in the future. Christy, thanks for being a friend of our program. Welcome to the Critical Mass community. Continued success and growth for your firm. Great. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Goodbye. That was Christy Griggs, ladies and gentlemen. She is a partner with Peloton Commercial Real Estate. She's in the San Antonio market, and they have offices throughout the great state of Texas. So uh, we're going to take our commercial break here, and we'll be back in just a few minutes because we're going to double up with some commercials that we were going to play earlier in the show. But 
uh, when we come back. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, because we're probably not more than two minutes away from coming back. And we're going to have our second interview here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. It'll be great because we're going to talk with Liquid Network's CEO, Don Douglas. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. The Orange County Business Journal has ranked Commerce National Bank the 26th fastest-growing public company in Orange County, and they remain a Bauer Financial five-star institution. President and CEO Mark Simmons attributes the success to how well the bank treats its customers and employees. Commerce National Bank simply delivers personal service at a higher level than its competitors, while offering technology on par with the big banks. If your organization could use a new business bank, call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949 870 3863 or visit them online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they will handle the rest. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I am your host, Rick Franzi. You're listening to our nationally syndicated show, which broadcasts live from the state-of-the-art studios of octalkradio.net in Costa Mesa, California. For those of you that listen to our show as a podcast and you don't listen to the show live on octalkradio.net, hey, no problem. We just want to say thank you for your loyalty and your continued support. I just looked at the uh, downloads over the last 30 days of radio show episodes. You've downloaded over 11,000 copies of the various programs that are available for our archives. We archive all of our live shows on Stitcher, iTunes. You can find the links off of our website, which is criticalmass4forbusiness.com. All right, we're going to turn our attention to our second guest here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. And I've asked Don Davis, who is the CEO, or excuse me, Don Douglas, who is the CEO of Liquid Networks, to be on the show because he understands the importance of mentoring new entrepreneurs. Uh, Don's built a strong company with more than 10 years of year-over-year growth, which is no small feat, ladies and gentlemen, through a strong work ethic and the ability to find and hire smart people. Don also understands the value of giving back and sharing lessons learned with the next generation of entrepreneurs. So it's my pleasure to welcome Don Douglas, CEO of Liquid Networks to Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Welcome to the show, Don. Thank you, Rick. It's great to be here. I talked a little bit about you there in the open, but I didn't mention much about what Liquid Network does and what makes you different. Can you, is your firm different? Can you share that with our audience, please? 
Sure, I'll give you a quick overview. Liquid Networks is a telecom lifecycle management company. What does that mean? We help people audit, design, deploy, and manage their communications infrastructure. So some of the types of things we help customers with are complex networks, those types of companies that have multi-locations, perhaps they're expanding or contracting. They have compliance requirements. They need high availability. They have call centers. Or they're evaluating whether they need to move some of their data to the cloud or to a data center for either redundancy or high availability. Do those tend to be larger firms, Don, or are they mid-market and smaller firms as well? Yeah, that's a great question. We have some customers with as few as 50 employees, and we have some as large as the Fortune 500. Kind of our sweet spot are companies with 500 to 5,000 employees. We really thought there was a real hole there between what was being offered by local and regional providers, and there was a big gap all the way up to being ready to deal with an Accenture or an IBM. So um, we have customers on, on either side of 500 to 5,000 employees, but that seems to be a real good sweet spot for us. You've led Liquid Networks for over seven years. I need to ask, are you the, were you the founder of the firm as well? I actually did help start the company uh, many years ago. The, this is an offshoot of a company that my dad and I started back when I was in high school. I left the business for a number of years, but uh, returned in 2003, and I uh, have been leading it ever since. So uh, what can you share with our audience that is that has contributed to your firm's ability to have 10 years of successive year-over-year revenue growth? Well, I think we've made a ton of mistakes, but along the way we've learned some valuable lessons. I think you know, one of the best lessons I learned was something in a book from David Ogilvie. He's the well-known advertising executive. Sure. And uh, when I read that book, it really resonated with me because he talked about how when he hired someone, he always would uh, send them a matryoshka doll or one of those nesting dolls. And if the person was curious enough to open it up all the way, he would put a note in the inside and he said, if each of us hires people that are smaller than we are, we shall become a company of dwarfs. But each of us uh, hires people who are bigger than we are, we'll become a company of giants. Wow. And, uh, you know, I think as a leader, you have to realize there are always people smarter than you are. And that really can't intimidate you. And you really have to stress this to your management team and to your supervisors. Because there's a tendency, especially as a company grows from being small to being larger, uh, a lot of times people want to hang on, and they're intimidated that, that they could be uh, maybe not look as good with the new people coming in, or possibly they could lose some control. They don't view it as an opportunity to learn or uh, to bring in more talent. Sometimes it's very intimidating. And so sometimes you can have someone specifically in one group hiring lesser people who really don't challenge us and make us better. And I think that that was a very key lesson for us to learn. I've been asking the radio station to find a gong uh, audio sound because I love these uh, teachable moments here on the radio program. Um, we've had a couple with our earlier guests, and you've just given us another one, Don, which hopefully that's a lesson that everyone listening today live or in a podcast in the future will take to heart because it's a subtle thing, but if you have hiring managers who are fearful of hiring people who are too talented or too good because of what it might mean directly to them, you're maybe missing out on some of the best talent available in the marketplace, aren't you, Don? Absolutely. 
So I want to spend a little bit of time with you on the importance that you place on mentoring younger generation and on on younger and different, you know, young can be an entrepreneur who's never done it before. She may be older than you in years, but less experienced from an entrepreneurial perspective. Can you give our audience a little bit of a a sense for why you found that to be important and why it's a it's a focus for you? Yeah, I I think all of us there there's definitely more happiness in giving than there is in receiving. It's a very simple statement that people often quote, but it's you feel great when you help people, and um, you know I think it's something I was I was definitely brought up that way. So it's something that you know gets ingrained by your parents and and by the way you're taught. But, um, you know, it's great, especially it, it, it's a two-way street. You may think you're helping them, and they may really appreciate the help, especially young entrepreneurs in a startup. Uh, they're very appreciative when you point things out to them. But you get as much out of it as well. There's a lot of excitement from working with younger people who've got great ideas. It challenges you and gets you focused and gets your creative juices flowing as well. So it's a two-way street. I think it's, it's great to be able to give back and help some of these people. Because if, if you get to this point, you've made so many mistakes, there's bound to be something that you can help somebody else avoid. And that's, that, that feels great, especially when they recognize it and they come back and tell you, like, man, I'm so glad you told me that. <laughs> you know, I was about to do this. Or, or, or you're able to ask a series of questions and get them reasoning on a matter and get them maybe looking at something that they didn't quite see and they come back to you some months later or, or even a year later and maybe reference something you told them. And it's extremely rewarding. Yeah, you know, I, I ask um, clients that I work with out here on the West Coast, you know, what what's the value of a new idea, a good new idea? I mean, it changes. It's so powerful because it can change everything that happens after that. You know, once you get that insight, and, and that's why I believe in peer learning, and I believe in that's why we do this radio show. I mean, I'm all about, you know, having people not have to figure it out for themselves because sometimes, truth be told, right, Don? Um, Early in a company's life, an entrepreneur can make a series of mistakes that become fatal to the company. The company doesn't survive the decisions that the young entrepreneur makes. It, definitely. There, there's, there's a litter of companies that one or two decisions, one way or other, they could have had a very different outcome. And once you make that decision, you know, and I was consulting with an entrepreneur yesterday saying what you had said earlier, too, which is surround yourself with some young, uh, some new talent and let their enthusiasm be infectious back to you because after you've been in the business for a while especially in a you know in a, even in a successful firm it, it sort of gets maybe a little bit even stale and bringing in some fresh ideas and fresh perspectives can really um change the dynamic of the company culture too absolutely all right well let's um Oh, I'm getting a note here from the engineer that they would like me to take our next commercial break here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. So, so Don, um, I'm talking with Don Douglas, CEO of Liquid Networks. We've got a, a couple other questions I want to ask you in the time that we have here on the radio program. So I think what I'm going to do is um, continue to ask you the questions, and I, I just let the engineer know that we're I'm not ready to take the break yet because you're just too interesting, Don. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. We'll get to that commercial break. And certainly sponsors, don't worry. I will definitely play your commercial because uh, the audience needs to hear about it. But tell, talk, talk to us a little bit about a current challenge that you and the leadership team are facing into and what you're doing to mitigate that challenge from affecting liquid networks. You know, I, I think one of the biggest challenges we have today is probably ethics. Um, I think 
just the downturn in the economy in the past few years has caused a lot of people to maybe blur lines that maybe weren't a blur before. Uh, it's caused people to do some things that, you know, are maybe questionable at the least, but but maybe maybe way beyond questionable at the most. And you see enough people doing these things that can be very disturbing to your team and, and very disturbing when sometimes you even see this coming from customers and business partners, either whether they're asking for a payoff or insinuating something along those lines, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's difficult to see these things because sometimes you kind of get the feeling, you know, it's very difficult to know what to do. You don't want to go along with it and you don't do it, but there have, there are sometimes some very negative repercussions for doing the right thing. You know, when you described the ideal client for you being the larger firms, it made me wonder, Are do you do business outside of the U.S. as well to support your clients, or is most of your business yeah. domestic? Yes, and sometimes we do end up doing some work overseas because of clients that have presence there. And as you talk about some of the ethics, um, you know, there have been stories in the news, and it's a challenge to do business in different cultures and different countries and understanding what the norms are and what's, you know, what uh, may not be an accepted practice here in the states sometimes you got to really you know ask yourself is this am i am i doing some i can see how being in a global marketplace the challenges of ethics can be even greater for not just you as the leader but and i'm not saying that it affects you but the organization in general as well as well as the people that you rely on and partners and clients well, and it's trying to set the right example for the team. You know, well, we've just made it a policy that we're not going to do those things. And the team knows that someone here is not going to get in trouble for losing an account because of doing something illegal uh, or doing something unethical. We're just not going to cross those lines. Um, that said, it, it doesn't make it easy sometimes when you see other companies doing these things it, it can be it can, it can definitely be a downer for your team when they see someone else picking up that business because they're willing to blur those lines right and and that is tone at the top don you know that and it is the thing where you have to, you can say no 99 times and if you blink once that becomes your culture not the other 99 times you said no absolutely you've got to be very consistent in that message so that people know where you stand on it and know that that won't be tolerated. Right. Okay, uh, I think now would be a good time, Don, to take our commercial break. And so when we come back, I'm going to ask you to think back on a time in your business career where you learned a really valuable business lesson, which you'll share with our audience, but it came out of what at the time felt like a difficult or painful experience. So, Don, I'm going to give you two minutes to think about that. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a commercial break here on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. I'm speaking with CEO Don Douglas of Liquid Networks. We'll be right back after these words. I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped. It took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the sink. With smart stop, I leave the stress at the door. Cause it's the smart old way to store. Smart stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart stop, the smarter way to store. 
If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plans and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Smart Business Network is a business-to-business multimedia company providing insight, advice, and strategy for C-level executives of fast growth, middle market, and large companies. As one of the nation's largest publishers of local management journals, under the Smart Business name, Smart Business Network publishes 19 regional print editions, presents dozens of large and small-scale business conferences and award programs, and produces a vibrant interactive digital media presence. For more information, visit us at www.sbnonline.com. Welcome back to Critical Mass Coast to Coast, our nationally syndicated radio show. My name is Rick Franzi. Our audience demographic is 98% business owners and executives who primarily listen to our show to learn from our guests' experience. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio shows may be the answer for your firm. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our radio programs. We deliver over 30,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. If you'd like to learn more about reaching business owners and executives, then contact our advertising department at 949 8 Eight seven, forty one, oh four. All right. Return to our interview with CEO and President Don Douglas of Liquid Networks. Before the break, Don, I said I was going to ask you to share a past experience. Were you able to think of one that you'd like to share with our audience today? I was able to think of a bunch. Okay. But I'm going to combine them into one for you. Ooh. All right. Um, Bonus round. Okay. Yeah. I th- I think. You know, one of the biggest problems we all have as either business owners or managers, supervisors, is that we like to think of ourselves as good evaluators of people, but probably one of our biggest flaws is that none of us really likes to be wrong. And I think some of the people that will hurt you the most uh, in business are those that are best at selling themselves because we often want to see them succeed. We buy into believing that they're capable to succeed. Um, we often become a sponsor of theirs. And the problem in general is that people who over-self-promote, I think it's good to promote yourself and make sure people understand what you're able of doing, but I think people who over-self-promote often have more ambition than they do ability. And this is a trap I think, you know, I know I've fallen into, and I've seen it throughout my career, and it can be very painful. Yeah, I, I, wow, ding, ding. Okay, we're gonna get that gong because you're you're reinforcing how important it is to have these teachable moments. I, uh, I remember early in my career, I had a boss who once told me the 
the employees that sometimes the employees that you spend the most time on because you're as, you're really invested in them are the ones who end up disappointing you the most. So you have to be careful about that. But I all I had much of my career in sales and marketing, and we're hiring people for the ability to sell, right? To market, to position, and and that's even more difficult, I think, in in hiring in that vein because you want that, but you really have to uh, understand the substance behind the individual as well, don't you? Absolutely. And, and it's culture too, isn't it? Hiring people, um, many times companies hire people for their talents, but they, it ends, if it doesn't work out, many times it doesn't work out because they didn't really fit into the culture that you had created. You know, they just, for whatever reason, became not as productive or, or just weren't good for the company longer term. Absolutely. Sometimes people can be very talented. They just may not be a good fit for you, and you may not be a good fit for them. Right. I have seen people leave companies where they weren't thought of as highly as the next job they went to, and they became super successful. It's almost like it was in their best interest to leave that culture. It's hard for an employee to give up a, a steady job, especially during the, you know, the tough economic times. But different cultures can allow different people to you know, be successful or not be successful. So that's a really important fit. I was talking with one of my coaching clients earlier today about how do you make sure you hire people who fit your culture? What are, what are you doing to kind of get a clue on the culture aspect of the individual? The resume lays out the skills and the capabilities, but what about the fit? That's a, that's a tougher one to interview for. Let's talk Definitely. about your future. We have about three minutes left here on critical mass coast to coast today, Don, and we're going to have you on the program in the future. I'll talk with Peter Broiler and our Renaissance Executive Forums partner in San Antonio about having you back on the show. What's going to be different? How is Liquid Networks growing? What's what's the future hold? Well, I think the future has a lot of exciting things for it from a technology standpoint. Obviously, the cloud is everywhere. You know, you, we're kind of in that uh, peak of everyone very excited about it. I think that the reality is kind of setting in. You're seeing a lot of small businesses adopt the cloud because they're normally willing to take risks that larger businesses aren't. So they're, they're early adopters looking for that cost savings, looking for those extra features. They may not be quite as concerned about some of the issues that uh, bigger companies may have about a public cloud infrastructure. But I think that the cloud is unleashing a lot of applications to very targeted audiences. You talked earlier about some of the things that are happening in the startup areas. It's very interesting now. You know, for a while, a, a CRM like Salesforce.com was just kind of the de facto, oh, that's what I need if I'm running a sales organization or I need a customer relationship management package. But now there are literally verticals for almost every type of industry. What are you in? And there is now an app for that or there's an app coming out for that. So the specialization of applications and programming that coming to the market is going to give uh, not only consumers, they've kind of seen the first wave of this, but which a lot of the effort from investment was put on business to consumer. But now what we're getting ready to see is just a tremendous deluge of B2B. So we're going to see all sorts of custom applications that businesses may have not even realized that type of customization was even an option up till a couple of years ago. That's exciting when the return on the investment is there that people can be that focused and that means that environment really is designed to support your business practices without a lot of additional cost maybe 
and it's more intuitive. Uh, you know, as we continue to, I'm old enough to remember when PCs weren't commonplace on people's desks as productivity tools, and that really has opened up the door to a whole new way for people to be productive. And it, it, there's really no end in sight, is there? It just seems to be accelerating, doesn't it, Don? Now we could spend a whole show you know, talking about some of the cool things that are either just started shipping in the past year or two or coming out soon. Well, that is the message that I will take to Mr. Broiler, and we will find a time to have you back on the show because it's important for the CEOs and business owners who listen to this program to understand technology. Many times they have, I don't want to say unhealthy relationship with technology, but many of them are distrustful of the CIO or the technical staff and the investments that are being made to really understand, do I need to make these investments and what are the hard realities of you know, the return on the investment? So if you can share some unbiased insight and give us a, a sense of the future, that would be a powerful show. We're going to have to have you back on Critical Mass Coast Coast. I assume you'd be willing to come back, Don Douglas, wouldn't you? Absolutely. It'd be great. All right. Well, we're going to set that up with Mr. Broiler. I want to thank you for the time. But before I let you go, how will people find your company's website? What's your website address? Well, they can find us at Liquid, Net Liquid Networks, which is L-I-Q-U-I-D-N-E-T-W-O-R-X.com. Thank you for spelling it, too. I appreciate that. Thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the community, and I look forward to your next appearance on Critical Mass Coast to Coast. Thank you, Rick. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up this episode of our radio program series for the week. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our marketing communications manager is Kelly Faltus. And our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your business decisions move your firm in a positive direction. You've been listening to Critical Mass, coast to coast, right here on OCTalkRadio.net.